What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to this week's second episode and our only exclusive segment of the greatest podcast on turf. I'm Anthony. I'm Ryan. Today we are back. This is our yearly fantasy football My Guys episode. These are guys that we love for fantasy football this year that we are trying to acquire in every single fantasy football draft this year. Redraft, of course, some of these guys for Dynasty, depending on age and stuff like that and how high and how low they are and what strategy you want to take so with that being said don't forget to like the video subscribe to the channel if you guys are new you guys have been loving the fantasy content we really appreciate all the support you guys have been giving us and before we get into it here's a quick word from our sponsor little italy pizzeria located in townsend delaware be sure to come in and check it out let them know that the greatest podcast on turf sends you they will take care of you show proof that you're subscribed to that you listen to us they will hook you up with an additional discount with no further ado our My Guys episode. Now, this is a spinoff. We got the idea from the fantasy footballers. We can't just take the idea yeah, and those mash guys them are great. up. Shout out to them guys. So, I think theirs comes out Friday. Yeah, just letting you guys know. But <laughs> Ours is coming out first, so they're stealing our content. Yeah. But I will say, um, since I was selfish and messed up the camera, I think it's only right for you to go first. That's fine. So, in order for us... For me, personally, in my my guys, I basically looked at a lot of my previous mock drafts, like 10 of them, and I looked to see who I had in basically every single one. Two of them jumped off the bat at me, and the other one was kind of tough. However, this guy is going to be a stud. I ended up having three receivers on my list, which I absolutely hate, but this is my receiving core, I guess. This is, yeah. this is what I'm looking out for, and you know, we're just going to start off with the best one. The, the the safest one, the most draft capital, highest ADP one, that is Chris Olave, the second-year player out of Ohio State in New Orleans. He got a new quarterback this year, which is much better than his quarterback of last year, yeah. uh, whoever the hell it was. Andy James, Dalton, Andy Dalton. James Winston, uh, whoever it was. Chris Olave and Derek Carr is going to be much better this year because Chris Olave last year, he had a 26% target share which is absolutely absurd. I know that Michael Thomas is back and he's better than ever. However, we cannot trust the Michael Thomas that's back and better than ever. Alvin Kamara is going to play this season. However, he's missing the first three games. At the end of the day, Chris Olave, in my opinion, was the best route runner of that class. I think he is a superstar receiver in the making. I think next year, Chris Olave could be in the first round of your fantasy football drafts. We are paying a pretty good price for him right now to draft him because he's getting drafted in like the third, yeah, second third round, which I mean it is kind of rich. If you don't, you know, if you don't love him, I understand. But that twenty six percent target share is something to look at. The fact that he was on a Saints team that didn't do shit and he still had success. He did miss a couple games, which banged him up a little bit. But I mean, still he finishes the wide receiver twenty five, missing two games being banged up, and having horrible quarterbacks in his rookie season. Doing that in your rookie season, I think, is very impressive. He was a 1,000-yard receiver. When we watched him, he was amazing on the field. We were just like, damn, this offense really, really sucks. Chris Olave is a great deep threat. Derek Carr can throw a deep ball. Derek Carr has shown that he can produce, not produce, support top-end receivers such as Devontae Adams, Michael Crabtree, who is in George Pickens' top five, and Amari Cooper. <laughs> Darren Waller is a tight end, but he still Hunter supported Renfrew Darren Waller. Hunter had a decent run. Hunter Renfro had a decent run. A lot of guys had success under Derek Carr. Chris Olave, arguably the best one out of all those 
guys. Give me crab and, trees and Pickens top five for a reason. That's fair. Uh, and <laughs> I was going to say something else, but yeah, I mean, Chris Olave, if he could be, you know, if you go a tight end or running back heavy at the start and Chris Olave is your wide receiver one in the third round, and then you paired up these other two guys that I'm going to mention, I wouldn't hate it at all. <clears throat> I love Chris Olave this year, and he's been on a lot of my mock draft teams. I've only done one draft so far. This offseason, it was a dynasty team, and I did not get him. I would have if he got back around the other end, but he didn't. And take a look at him in your drafts. All right, so, yeah, kind of picking up where Ryan left off. I've had two fantasy drafts so far, a dynasty and a redraft. And in my redraft league, I have all three of my guys on my team. So we'll start out with there. My first, my guy. This is a guy you're probably looking... I was between three guys for this. They're all around the 5th to 7th round range. They're all receivers. It was Amari Cooper, but I'll touch on him later. It was DJ Moore, but I'm pretty sure he was my guy. He was one of my my guys last year, so I don't want to go back to back. And my first official my guy of the 2023 fantasy football season... Calvin Ridley of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I've been talking about him for a while since we kind of started the whole fantasy thing. I've been hyping him up. I target him in a lot of mock drafts. I think I looked at seven mock drafts, and in five or six of them, I had Calvin Ridley on my team. So that shows how high I am. I look at it like this. Yes, you can make the argument he didn't play football in over a year. I understand that. Yes, this is a risky my guy, and this is a risky player to target due to that fact alone. Because we saw what happened with Deshaun Watson. Didn't play for a year, kind of came back. He hasn't. He's been okay in camp so far. So there is that. But I look at it like this. Looking back at the 2022 Jacksonville Jaguars, Christian Kirk was. I mean, Christian Kirk was the receiver one with 133 targets. The receiver two, Zay Jones, had 121 targets. Evan Ingram had 98. Marvin Jones had 81. The Jaguars threw the ball a lot last year. 574 times, to be exact. I understand the receiving core is the exact same. They lost Marvin Jones. That's 80 targets right there. Evan Ingram with just shy of 100. Evan Ingram's not going to see 100 targets. Zay Jones with 121 targets is ridiculous. You have Calvin Ridley at least stepping in as the receiver two right away behind Christian Kirk. So in theory, that's 121 targets right there. Not including the 81 that Marvin... This could be dumbass analogy, and I'm probably going to get dragged in the comments for this. Like, this might be stupid. But Marvin Jones, that's 80 targets cleared up. At least. And you're giving up... You have Zay Jones, who is not going to be the receiver two on this team and is not going to have 121 targets. He may see some Marvin Jones 80. But I promise you, Calvin Ridley will eat in this offense. The Jaguars went out there. They saw Christian Kirk that could be a very helpful receiver for Trevor. And it did. He finished with 1,100 yards last year, 8 touchdowns, 130 targets in 17 games. They traded, what, a second rounder for Calvin Ridley, was it? Or was it? I think it was second. A second rounder for Calvin Ridley. The Jags believe he still has some left in the tank. Calvin Ridley's, what, 29 years old? 8. 28, 29, he's right there. Calvin Ridley could still be an elite receiver. Now, yes, I know. It could be a very, very slow start to the season. But he has had the entire offseason with the team. Is the day the, the day the NFL season officially ended after the Super Bowl, Calvin Ridley was allowed to go back with the team. He's been there every day, him and Trevor, building up that connection. And there is a lot of targets to go around. I mean, even if Zay Jones has 121 targets, again, which I promise you he won't, and 
you're getting Calvin Ridley as a receiver three. It's 81 targets, 500 yards, three touchdowns. And Calvin Ridley will do better than that this year. Calvin Ridley is one of my guys for that reason. I feel like he's coming into an offense that throws the ball a lot. And we'll see a very big target share. Because again, if Zay Jones had 121 targets as a receiver two with 800 yards, Calvin Ridley can do that and some. And who knows, he could take over as a receiver one. If he bounces back earlier and doesn't have a slow start, he will be the Jaguars receiver one with Trevor on a Jags team that is looking to continue where they left off last year, a fumble away from Jamal Agnew from potentially getting to the AFC championship game. And Trevor Lawrence is going to win MVP this year. So Calvin Ridley is my first fantasy football my guy. My second fantasy football my guy and my third fantasy football my guy are taken very close to each other in terms of ADP. This is a guy with a slightly higher ADP of 7.10 uh, in comparison to 8.1. <laughs> so they're very, very close together. I'm trying to think, who is your third my guy? Uh, but the second guy is Jordan Addison. There's no stats that I can really pull up for Jordan Addison because he's a rookie, and rookies are red flags. I do understand that. I can mention how Brady was in college and how he's the best receiver in college when he was in Pitt. And then when he went to USC, he still kept up the production and how he was a first-round pick in the NFL draft. And, I mean, it, it, it's not saying much because of the college success. However... I want to talk about the Vikings. Anthony was touching on vacated targets. Well, the Vikings scream vacated targets. Yeah. Adam Thielen is gone. There goes 107 targets. Dalvin Cook is gone. I know Madison just steps right up, and I know that he's a running back. However, I think we have to take into account that Madison isn't as good as Dalvin Cook is. So I, there is some targets there that are left over. I know they have KJ Osborne, but I'm not too, too worried about him. I know they have TJ Hawkinson. I'm also not too worried about him either. I think Jordan Addison can have a lot of success on this offense. Now we can say that, you know, uh, Jamar or not Justin Jefferson is there. So how much can he really do? Well, if you look at T Higgins, T Higgins has been a very solid receiver in his whole entire career. Yep. Uh, 30 is rookie year 22 and 17. T Higgins was a second round pick. Shouldn't have been, but he was. Yep. Jordan Addison was a first round pick. It doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot but draft capital does matter jordan addison was a first round pick i think you have a lot of success on the other side of justin jefferson when they're double teaming him you can't double team jordan addison too he's going to be able to eat on the number two corners i just feel like with this guy where you're taking him in round eight you know it's it's i would be fine with him as my wide receiver you can get him as a wide receiver three or four and i would absolutely love that for my fantasy football team I would love to have Jordan Addison as a flex position. I would love to be able to, you know, possibly start him some weeks. I think you could. I think at the mid to end part of the season, this guy could be a wide receiver two for your team. And to draft him as a wide receiver three or four, I feel like that's a steal and a value. And the upside is definitely there. So if you're in like a keeper league or, you know, a dynasty league, obviously. But even if you're in a regular standard redraft league, the eighth round for this guy, I think there's some value there. And I think it's a good pick. Yeah, 100%. Um, to switch it up here, there's been a lot of receiver talk. I'm going to switch to my next my guy, who is a running back. Nice. And is the running back of the Kansas City Chiefs, and that is Isaiah Pacheco. Now, Isaiah Pacheco finished last season with 170 carries, 830 yards, and five touchdowns. I will say, Isaiah Pacheco saw 40 carries total through the first one, two, three, four, 
five, six, seven. Through the first eight weeks of the season, he saw 40 carries. After week eight, he saw 130 carries. Now, you could make the argument, I know... They have Jarek McKinnon, who was a stud, a fantasy, probably league winner waiver wire pickup last year, who went crazy in the passing game last year and was doing a bunch of stuff on the offense. But if you look at it, even early on in the season, he saw 12 carries week one, 11 carries week four. Then he went on a down. Then he went a little bit down. But week nine, 16 carries. Week 10, 15. 22, 14, 13, 15, 14. Then the last two weeks of the season, they were in shootout games, and they scored a lot more points. So we saw 9 and 8 the last two weeks of the season. He was a very big part of the Chiefs' playoff run. Had first playoff game, 12 rushes, 95 yards. Against Cincy, he only had 10 rushes for 26 yards. And against the Eagles in the Super Bowl, he had 15 carries for 76 yards. If you look at this Chiefs' running back room, it is Isaiah Pacheco. You have Jarek McKinnon, who, yes, will hurt you in the passing game, and I'm sure there will be weeks where Isaiah Pacheco doesn't produce like we saw last week, last year, especially the last two games of the season where Jarek McKinnon really, really popped off. And then you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who, yes, he's been injured, but he has not lived up to his first-round hype. Yes, he was a late first-round pick, but in all his years in the league, I think this is his fourth season now, he hasn't really lived up to the hype, in my opinion, anyway. I think there's plenty of room for Isaiah Pacheco to thrive in this Chiefs offense. The Chiefs have kind of not made it a focal point to run the football. I thought they were going to last year, and you did as well, with them losing Tyreek Hill. But they didn't really seem to. But they still found a way, even with Travis Kelsey being a stud. And with a lot of the different guys they have in there in the receiving room. They had last year Juju, MVS. Miko Hardman, Kadarius Tony. some weeks. They use like three tight ends. And Isaiah Pacheco still found a way to eat. I know it's tough. He's a Chiefs running back, and you don't really know what you're going to get from the Chiefs on a week-to-week basis, especially in the run game. But they do score a lot of points, and it is the best offense in football. So having the running back on a best offense in football, yes, it can hurt you, but I feel as though it can benefit you as well. You're probably looking at Isaiah Pacheco depending on who's in your league and who you're drafting with and what platform you're on, you're probably looking at him somewhere between the 7th and ninth rounds, if I remember correctly, just based off mock drafts and looking. But I like Isaiah Pacheco a lot this year, and I think that he's going to be back and pick up right where he left off and being the lead feature back in Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, there's only about five teams that have a true bell cow running back. So yeah. the Jarek McKinnon doesn't worry me too much because everybody that you could possibly imagine damn near has, you know, yeah, uh, somebody else there to mess with them. Uh, but my last, my guy that I wanted to mention, another receiver, uh, another second or second year breakout potential guy, and it's Jahan Dotson of the Washington football That's team. That's who it was. The problem, the only problem with Jahan Dotson is the system and the Washington football team. <laughs> However, they're the Commanders now. Might be going back to their original name, but I don't know. New offensive coordinator? Chiefs guy? Eric Bianami. Chiefs guy has produced no, guys? That's they don't like him. And he's working them hard. Listen, it's fine. the complaints of how he was it too intense. Fine. Jahan Dotson 
I don't know if it was him, but it sounds like a lot of the players in Washington don't like his intensity and can't match his energy. So, therefore, it's not going to work out. Yeah, well, I don't believe anything that anybody says. It's fair. Uh, but Jahan, Dot- <laughs> Jahan Dotson, <laughs> he missed five games last season. And then the three games after that, he played 40%, 60%, 60% of snaps. And that was the total just... That was that was that took him out of any type of top whatever finishes. Those eight weeks right there, he had four fantasy points. That'll do it. But if you look at the rest of his weeks, I mean, he was pretty solid in his production. Sixteen yeah. points, sixteen points, and then a two. It happens. All yeah. right. He got shit on by Philly. It happens. Yeah. And then a twelve against Dallas. And then he got hurt. And then when he got back healthy and playing about eighty percent of snaps, he had a fourteen, a nineteen. You skipped a, a zero. <laughs> he wasn't healthy. He didn't. Said when he got back healthy, after he got back healthy, he played 80% he played of the snaps. He played 61% of the snaps. I said when he got back fully healthy and started playing mm. 80% of the snaps. Okay, okay, he started okay. To do okay, good okay, again. Okay, but okay. thanks. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. I, appreciate I was just, it. No, I was just I making sure it. you weren't leaving anything out, you know? Because I'm sure you would do the same for me. You know? I didn't. I'm sure you would, though. I know. I, I. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> Jahan Dotson. Uh, he was a first-round pick last year. Second-year receivers tend to be breakouts damn near every single time. I think Jahan Dotson being a wide receiver three or four is amazing value, considering he could finish as a wide receiver two, and it wouldn't shock me at all. He has the athleticism. The only problem is he has Sam Howell quarterback, and we don't know what to expect. However, I think Terry McLaurin being there kind of helps him a little bit. I don't think Terry McLaurin is that alpha receiver that takes away everything. But he is going to draw the number one corner and it's going to open up things for Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson did show last year that he can catch touchdowns. He had four in the first four weeks and he had seven touchdowns total while missing, you know, five games and only playing half the snaps on three of them. So Jahan Dotson this year has a second year breakout of first round pick. There's nothing wrong with it. 16% target share, not too bad. There's really nobody else on this team that I'm worried about. You know, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. But this is the year Antonio Gibson is going to beat Christian McCaffrey. Like he was supposed to last year when he was my guy. Or two years ago when he was my guy. Two, three years ago. Two years ago when he was my guy, he was supposed to be Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. (laughs) But now my last my guy, this is going to be short and sweet. This is kind of just based off of how I feel. Elijah Moore, receiver of the Cleveland Browns. Now, there's not really numbers for me to go off of because he has seen limited preseason time. He got hit in the ribs, but it wasn't anything serious. He was back at practice today after last weekend's preseason game. He, It's nothing serious. They're not worried about it. But, again, another team that spent a second-round pick to bring in another receiver. They have Deshaun Watson at quarterback who is at a full offseason now who will be ready for week one who can throw the deep ball, and that's Elijah Moore. You watch his old Miss tape. He was a deep ball guy. They have Amari Cooper. Yes, I know. Elijah Moore, though, is that big, explosive playmaker on the Cleveland Browns offense. And from the reports of training camp, it sounds like they're going to use him in multiple spots on the field. He's been taking snaps out of the backfield, similar to what Kevin O'Connell has going on in Minnesota with Justin Jefferson. Not sure how, like, mirrored of an image it's going to be. But it's a positive sign. Elijah Moore, I off the top of my head, I couldn't even really tell you where he's going. 
like maybe a 10-ish, if you want to look them up for me. I think around 10, 11 maybe. 10. Okay, so around the 10th round, just a sleeper guy. You're closing in on the end of your draft. Need to take a shot on a guy. It's Elijah Moore. I'm not saying go out there and reach for him in like the 8th round unless you really believe in him. But if you're in the 9th, 10th round, you need a receiver, you need some depth, go get Elijah Moore. I think he's going to have a very big role in this Cleveland def- in this Cleveland offense, especially with losing Kareem Hunt in the passing game. Yes, David Njoku's there, but in Deshaun Watson's whole career, he's never produced a tight end that's had over 40 catches. So I'm not too worried about David Njoku. In this offense, it is, in terms of weapons besides Watson, it's... Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, and then Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is a receiver, too, on a Cleveland offense behind a great offensive line that could be absolutely lethal this year. So I think he's going to be a really big difference maker for this Browns offense. So Elijah Moore is my final my guy. Another guy I'd like to mention that was on the cusp for me is Tony Pollard. Uh, The Cowboys did literally nothing at the running back room. No. Like, not a damn thing. It's fine because the Patriots got Zeke and we're so back. It's literally just Tony Pollard, so all systems are go for him. Yeah. Um, I told you guys the guys that were kind of on the cusp for me, Amari Cooper, but I have Elijah Moore instead. And DJ Moore, another guy I think is going to pop off this year in Chicago. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor, but I kind of talked about him with Calvin Ridley. So I think that's an elite stack to pair if you grab Trevor, go grab Calvin Ridley. But, yeah, I think that's going to wrap this one up. Thank you guys for watching, listening. Drop any comments you guys have below. Message us on Instagram. We've already had a few people message us on Instagram asking for advice, asking for drafts. What picks do we want? What are the good picks? What are the bad picks? So, yeah, message us. Thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you guys next week. See you. Peace.